Hey, we are in a series right now called One Nation. We're going to be tackling four parts. One Nation, under God, indivisible, and with liberty and justice for all. Last week, we talked about One Nation. It was pretty cool. Uh, we talked about uh, not necessarily this nation, um, but the nation of God, the kingdom of God, that we're all citizens of another world that we've been born into. And uh, it's pretty important that we can be mindful of what God is doing there. Yeah, this week we're going to jump right into a series, uh, another sermon called Under God. Pretty cool quote. Some of you may have heard before. Maybe you haven't. I know Anthony uh, knows this quote. Uh, it's from the movie Rudy, which Anthony has seen about 195 times. Um, and uh, in the movie, there's a quote from uh, a priest and he says, uh, there's two things that I know to be true in this world. There is a God, and I'm not him. Uh, I have found this to be true in my own life. Anthony, will you help me here this morning? This is an umbrella. And Anthony is going to represent the Lord this morning. Just stay there. You're going to be here for about four or five minutes. Awesome. What I found in my life is um, that, God's, uh, that God is good. Um, I have found that um, his way in our life is good. And I have also found that it's really difficult to learn to trust in God above my own instincts in life. And yet I have found that some of the most painful things that have happened in my life have happened uh, because of my instincts kicking in and um, figuring out my own path in life. Does that make sense? And so what the difficult thing is in life is to recognize that, that the Lord does have a will for us and that we want to live under God. Does that make sense? Yeah. So this is me standing under God, under his umbrella. Ella, Ella. Hey, hey, hey. hey. Under, yeah. Anyways, uh, so, but I, I, uh, it's, it's important because here's the problem is I think that in life, um, many of us as believers believe that we are living under God. But I've also found in my life that there is another scenario where life is teaching me. Dina, would you come and help me here? where life is teaching me. And so if Anthony represents God this morning, Dina, you're going to uh, represent not the devil because I don't think that things are, are really that, uh, th that would make it too easy. Um, but I think it's harder in life when we recognize uh, just culture around us. Um, I think that what happens in our life is that we have two options in just about everything that's going on in our life. We choose the Lord's way or we choose to live in the mentality and the understanding that the world has. And I have found that in my own life, my spirit, my soul has taught me that God is good and that the things that he wants for my life is good, Amen. right? Yeah. And so I just wonder how much of us truly live under the understanding of the word. Can you come closer just to make this easier, a little bit closer? And so I'm wondering if this is like a scale of one to God, uh, where are you at in between life, culture, worldly thoughts and principles and godly Christian principles, like finances. You know, like how, how much of your resources are doing every nickel and dime in your life submitted and surrendered under God. God, whatever you want to do with every nickel in my life, I'll manage the way you want me to. I'll steward the way you want me to. I'll give, I'll tithe. Everything that is mine under God. Or how much of it is drifting to the worldly, that I earned it, it's mine, and I'll give what I, but I think somewhere we live in the middle, and this is the hard thing that I have found about life, is that we, we tell ourselves that we're under God, 
and we tr- we, it's okay to be somewhere in here, right? Like I'm not 10, but I'm not zero. I'm, I'm a seven and this is good. No, it's clearly missing the covering of the goodness of God. And the hard part is being here at seven, we wonder why we're not finding his blessing. I think of the same thing with relationships, marriage, friendships. Like, where are we at? Are we doing it God's way or are we doing it our way? Because we know that the scripture has a way of defining what it's supposed to look like. And so we're like, do, are we willing to surrender, submit to the Lord, to our, our spouse, to the, or like the world's like, yeah, you know, but there's another way. And it's, you know, you ain't got to worry about everything that the scripture says. Like, and so what do we do in life when the scripture doesn't line up with what we think is truth? I think there's like a pool in our life to figure out like, how much do I need to actually do the Lord's way? Does, does this make sense? Like how much of my life is under God or this pool that like it's, you're, you're good enough. The, the first thing that we know that the devil said to us in the garden of Eden is, did God really say you had to do it that much? I mean, come on. Well, I mean, maybe this is good enough for you. Thanks guys. I appreciate it. And so I, I, I don't want to have my own umbrella. Ella, hey. 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 Uh, so, uh, uh, but so uh, as I'm as I'm as I'm learning who Jesus is, I'm learning that Jesus said that I am the way, the truth, and the life. Will you start that timer? It's helpful for me. Uh, you guys don't care about time, but I care about time. And so, uh, uh, he said, "I am the way, and I am the truth, and I am the life, and no one will come to the Father but through me." And here's the thing: is I, I have found that Jesus is life, right? So many of us believe that Jesus is our Savior. But when he would go on to say that, like, I am the way and the truth and the life. And I think about how much of Jesus is not just my Savior, my God. I go to church because I believe Jesus is God. How much of Jesus is the way in my life, in everything? I'm doing it God's way, not mine. I'm doing it that Jesus is truth, not mine. I'm doing it his life not mine, because I believe that the things that he has defined as good in my life, that his way of doing that is better than my way of doing it. Does that make sense? And so there's this pool in my life to live under God. Hmm. How do you react when, uh, when the scripture doesn't agree with you? This is hard. I mean, it, it, I'm, I'm not gonna lie. I think every time I read the Bible, it doesn't agree with me. I, I'm not trying to be, like, be cute. I'm, I'm being honest. That's why I read it. Because I want his way, not my own. Check this out. Jesus uh, would say it this way. Uh, he was talking about uh, life. And he says, if anyone wishes to come after me, he must first deny himself, take up the cross, and follow me. For anyone wishes to save his life, he must lose it. Whoever w- loses his life for my sake will find it. So what I hear Jesus saying is, you got to deny you if you're following me. So wherever you're at with what truth you've come up with, you've got to abandon that concept if you're going to follow me. 
This is hard. I, I think of uh, this way. Paul said it. I have, cru- I have been crucified with Christ. Now it's not me that lives. It's Christ who, who lives in me. And the life that I live now, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. I am dead. Jesus is living. I'm denying myself. I'm carrying my cross. I've already made the decision when I came to Christ that I was going to abandon my life. So today in the midst of emotions, it's nothing. God, what do you want to do in my life? So here's what we're getting at today. This is uh, going to be a good word, I think. Uh, We're talking about authority. We're talking about God's authority. Check it out. The Lord has instituted kingdom principles here on earth. And the way that God's kingdom, last week we talked about one nation, executes in our life for goodness and godliness is through the same principles that Jesus would hear to as he walked on earth. Authority is good. Can you say that? Uh, You're going to have to say it with like, I'm going to try to believe it. Authority is good. The problem is this goes against everything in our culture and mostly everything we've been taught growing up. I'm going to show you here today. Jesus started it first. He demonstrated to us what's good. He said, Jesus, he walking on earth, he is God. But he said, I will only do the things that the Father tells me. Now that's something right there. Jesus surrendering to the blessed Trinity. Then he would go on to say that the Holy Spirit would only reveal to us the things that he's being said to him. We see this like being passed down. They're not willing to like step out and do it their own way. Can you imagine if Jesus ever contradicted the father and said, no, I'm going to do it my way on this time. No, no, no. It was always surrender. I believe with all of my heart that all of authority is good. But it's not always good. And that's what we're going to talk about today. When authority is not good, why is it good? Hmm. Yeah. We're having this election. I don't know if you know. It's crazy. (laughs) And it feels like both are evil to some. Like wherever you sit, whatever guy you decide it was good, the other one's like Lucifer incarnated. And, uh, and so I'm going to take you into scriptures today and try to show you some things that authority is good all the way down in your life. And here's, here's the thing. I believe if God is going to move in your life, you're going to have to learn to submit yourself to the authority of God everywhere, even at the basic playing field of just God's word. Does that make sense? Everything that God's word says is what we're trying to execute as God's people. If you're not trying to execute God's word, we're not following Jesus, right? So what we recognize is that all good things come from him. He's God, I'm not. And I have found that everything that he thinks is good for my life, I want. And I want to do it his way. We're going to jump into this. There's... um. A scripture in Isaiah chapter 5, verse 20, it says this. It says, woe to those who call evil good and good evil. This is what's happening in every scenario of our country, including the church. The the conversation's just convoluted. 
I'm going to show you today, trying to restore order in God's kingdom. For uh, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Hmm. When we decide to recognize that he is God and we are not, what we're really saying is that, God, you're, you're smarter than me. <laughs> the basic uh, theology of anything today, I hope you've arrived at that, that concept, that God understands what's good for you better than you. Um, if you haven't reached that point yet, there's a lot of life that uh, is going to come your way, and it's probably going to come hard. So anyways, I'm recognizing in my own life that um, the authority is in our life oftentimes being sidestepped. In other words, we act as teenagers believing that we know a better route than the authority that God has implemented in our life. And I want you to understand that the authority of God is, is first from him and then it's man and then it's sometimes, and I'm going to show you some different things. Most of the time, authority has been confused in our lives by our earthly father. We see this throughout scripture again and again and again and again. And sometimes it wasn't even the father's problem that things went ugly. Sometimes it happened in your parents' marriage that mom taught you that dad is wrong. And we have to be careful about this parents. So um, there's, uh, there's some scenarios where we have learned, and, and I've learned that there's blessing in everything when we honor God's authority. For example, 10 commandments, honor your father and mother and you will live long and prosper. If we just get back to honoring the original authority figure in our life, but you don't know what he's done, it doesn't, from what I know of what God's done for me, it doesn't matter what he's done. He's, I am alive because of him and I can honor him at least in that vantage point. There's a lot of things that's been clouded, okay, where dishonor started and we stepped out of authority. It happens often in marriage where women want their husband to take on the authority in the household. But when he doesn't do it on their timeline or the way they want, they dishonor the man. He takes off that veil. He sets it down and he doesn't want to pick it up again. And now we have a problem because the woman is mad at the man because the man took off his authority. It is also just as ugly when the man bullies the wife because the scripture says that we submit one to another. Men. Ah, but I'm above that. You know, I'm the man of the house. Jesus submitted to the Father. The Holy Spirit submitted to Jesus. Are you really above your other half? No, we submit to one another. This is the goodness of God. We teach our children to defy their teachers at school. When they come home with a bad report and we badmouth the teacher because obviously the teacher doesn't know how good my kid is. That teacher's dumb. And the kid then harbors those thoughts in their heart, realizing that they can talk the same way about their teachers and their principals. It changes and it evolves and it gets bigger from dad to mom to teachers to police officers to my 
manager at my job. And you have to understand on every level, we started off with the relationship and the authority that God instituted as good. When we got the job, God, I'm so thankful that you gave me this job. If he gave you the job, which is what you said to yourself, I guarantee when you walked away from that, yes, you got it. Where did it change when God gave you that manager? I'm going to show you in scripture today some beautiful things. So we have to understand that if we're going to operate in God's blessing, we have to return to God's authority. It's good for you. And when you become of authority, it's because you're under authority. And, uh, oh man, I'm telling you, there's some good stuff here today. Uh, and, I, and I realize that the conversations have gotten ugly with police officers and um, uh, presidents and all kinds of stuff. Uh, I, you got to know that there, uh, there's, in the heart of man, there's evil. In, in the heart of your pastor, there is an evil man. And I have to die to myself daily or that evil guy can take over the pulpit. Any day that I decide that it's okay for me to be me. I had to tell myself that I'm not going to let the praise of man take over the pulpit today. It's hard to listen to God and not him, not you. All right, cool. I have to keep going. So um, what I believe is that all authority comes from God. I'm going to take you there in scripture and show you here. All authority. So today as we're talking, we're talking about dad. We're talking about mom, my manager, my school teacher, my baseball coach, my president, whomever they are going to be, yeah. we'll honor them. Yeah. And we'll shut up yeah. and we'll speak blessings yeah. to our husbands, to all of these people. We will learn to honor the authority just like Christ did when he walked on this earth and said, I'll only say what God tells me to say. That means you got to keep your... Cool. Everyone, listen to this. This is Romans chapter 13, verse 1. Everyone must submit to governing authorities. For, read that word with me, all authority. Wait, 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 wait. All authority? You need to know mm, this letter was being written to Romans. Paul was writing it to the tyranny that sacked Israel. These people that were stealing their God's blessing. These people that were abusive in the villages. He was writing it to people that like were believers in Rome, recognizing that they were governed by ungodly people. And we must submit to all authority. All authority comes from God. And in those positions of authority, have been placed there by God. Now, remember this same pigeonhole, Jesus is about to be crucified in the scriptures and he's standing before Pilate who says, dude, I'm trying to help you. Let me help you. Don't you know that I, I have the authority to let you go? And Jesus says, no, you don't, Jack. You only have the authority that my father gave you. And so Jesus was ordered to be crucified because the father gave Pilate the authority to crucify Jesus. That's a terrible understanding. All authority comes from God, has been placed there by God. Verse 2, so anyone who rebels against authority is rebelling against what God has instituted, and they'll be punished. 
I'm gonna stop right there. Yesterday, I got a flat tire. I was driving down 98 and I got a flat tire and I stopped at Circle K. And there was a police officer there who uh, had pulled over someone, but I didn't know it. He didn't have his lights on. And um, I was trying to find some pliers so I could pull the screw out of my tire so I could put a plug in. But I didn't have any pliers. And so I went over and I ended up, I did have pliers and they were in my door. I didn't know it because I needed to hear a conversation of this police officer who had pulled this young lady over and uh, the officer, uh, he, he told me to wait, son. And I, sir. <laughs> and uh, he's looking at this lady and he gets her license plate and she's, she's pretty upset with him. And he's standing in the back looking at it and she looks back at the cop and she said, hey, can you hurry it up? I got somewhere I gotta be. And the cop said, I was going to let you off, but you just bought yourself a ticket. And um, I think about that scenario right there. It's the idea that when you rebel against God's authority, like what would a little bit of kindness have done in this scenario? If you just start with honor, the conversation might go a lot better for you. But obviously, oftentimes when you're in a situation and your authority figure is not doing things the way you want, you need to know that authority doesn't always line up with what you want. And I know that firsthand when I read the Bible every day. Is this good or what? This is good, right? Okay, I got to keep going. All right, so, so for authority figures, do not strike fear into people who are doing right, but in those who are doing wrong. Would you like to live it without fear of authorities? Do what is right, and they'll honor you. The authority are God's servants sent for your good. If you are doing good, and he's saying this about Romans, who are not nice people. Like, this is crazy. Way worse than anything that's going on in our society. But I often feel like a victim when I'm in management and someone doesn't, they're not doing, like, I'm, why are they being mean to me? I, my idea is way better than them. If you're doing wrong, of course you should be afraid, for uh, they have the power to punish you. They're God's servants, sent for the very purpose of punishing those who do what is wrong. So you must submit to them, not only to avoid punishment, but also to keep a clear conscience. Also, Pay your taxes for the same reasons for government workers need to be paid. They're serving God in what they do. Did he just say that like uh, Nancy Pelosi and Donald Trump are God's servants? Yes. Give to everyone what you owe them. Pay your taxes and government fees to those who collect them and give respect and honor those who are in authority. I need to ask you today. I felt God charged me before the service started. Um, I need you to forgive me. Let's pretend I'm your father. Forgive me. I'm going to need you to listen to me. Let's pretend I'm your husband for a second. Forgive me for what I've done. I'm going to need you to listen to me. Let's pretend that I'm your pastor for a second. Forgive me. I'm going to need you to listen to me. Let's pretend that I'm a police officer for a second. Or your manager. Or your coach or anything that's going on. Listen, the relation, they have the authority to make your life easy. Oftentimes when your life is in conflict, it's not because of something that they're doing. It's often because of your vantage point becomes in frustration because there's no surrender happening in your life. You're frustrated because you have a better way. This is man and God. I have no peace because I can't let go and trust that God's gonna work it out. In your marriage, 
at your job, in your career. Is this good? This is good. So, so, but yeah, but Pastor Tim, you don't understand. You haven't seen how wicked these people are. Well, I have in my own personal life, and I'm going to show it to you in Scripture. Bad authority figures. Wicked. I'm going to take you in Scripture to 1 Samuel chapter 18, verse 10 through 12. And the very next day, a tormenting spirit from God overwhelmed King Saul. And he began to rave in his house like a madman. King Saul, he's angry, man. He's biting his lip and he's ticked off. David was over in the corner minding his own business, being as good as he possibly could, playing the harp, <laughs> worshiping Jesus. As he did every day. Oh man, what a good person this, this David is. And suddenly... Oh, but Saul had a spear in his hand and suddenly he hurled it at David intending to pin him to the wall. You need to know one thing before I continue. I believe in God's word. I believe that this actually happened. I believe that it still happens. And sometimes it's not an actual spear. It's just words like you suck, like you're terrible. Like I wish that you work somewhere else. Like I can't wait to get you out the door. Like, I just, life would be so much better if you weren't around. Spears come in all different forms. Even if you're right. But David, he escaped him twice. Wait, what? Twice. You mean David still went back in this situation? I also want to make sure that you know, listen to me here, please hear me. If you're in an abusive situation... Talk to your pastor. Talk to someone that's in authority uh, that you can trust because you need to be out of an abusive situation. But there's a lot of times where where God has placed you is the best thing for you, even if it requires and causes you a massive amount of discomfort. Just look at Jesus on the cross and Paul in prison for preaching the gospel and rocks thrown at him, sleepless nights and shipwrecks. And wait, it, the gospel doesn't line up with a whole lot of comfort. Wait, what if everything in our country goes really bad for the church? Maybe that'll be the best thing that actually happens. And so we're fighting this other side of what we think is gonna be a terrible scenario. No, the Lord reigns. The only thing I have to fear is God. It's another sermon. Verse 12, Saul was then afraid of David because the Lord was with David and he had turned away from Saul. You have to know that David was already anointed king a few years ago. He was a little kid and he, he was fighting battles for Saul and doing great things for Saul. But as the story would go on, David now was running for his life. He's running from city to city, town to town, village to village, from den to den in the woods. He's doing everything he can. He's got his little band of friends with him. These little warriors are pretty awesome dudes. And King Saul has an army, and they're out to try to kill little David. And uh, they know it, and they know that they could, they could whack him. And, and, the, and David's dudes are always, let me just kill him. Let me just go over there and snap his neck. Come on, Lord. Hey, David, you're supposed to be king anyway. You're supposed to manage this team anyway. You can run this family way better without the guy. This is what King David says. He's standing, all of Saul's dudes got drunk and they passed out and they weren't waking up. And David sneaks into camp, stands over him and David's mighty man looks over at David and says, now's your opportunity. David's men whispered to him, today, 
The Lord is telling you, I will certainly put your enemy into your power to do with as you wish. So David crept forward and he cut a piece of the hem of Saul's robe. And then David's conscience began bothering him because he cut Saul's robe. Wait, this guy's trying to murder you. And then he, he goes, and then he's, but he said to his men, the Lord forbid that I should do this to the Lord, the king. I shouldn't attack the Lord's, catch this, anointed one. Wait a second. But this guy's wicked. But this guy's ungodly. He was saying that spirits were tormenting him. How can he be God's anointed if he's possessed with a devil? Because God put him there. And the moment God doesn't want him there, the Lord will remove him. You don't need to do the Lord's work for him. You got to grow where God plants you. And I'm telling you, what I'm seeing in our culture right now is, is men and women of God acting like teenagers, sticking their chest out and saying, I know a better way. I don't need to do it God's way. I can do it mine. I know the way to find life. I know the way to find truth. I know what the, the come on, man. Who are you kidding? You've been down this road before. Your way gets you hurt, broke, jacked up, and begging at the foot of the cross again for God to forgive you, take you back in, and do it right. God has a pattern to find blessing, and mostly it's done through authority. You need to know, uh, I'm the lead pastor of this church, and I'm not in charge. I'm not saying, like, God speaks to me on a daily basis, and I don't. No, I submit myself to our board. And I trust in the wisdom of other people. And I'll fight with them. Hey, like we need to do, you know, but no, like I also recognize that like God has given us wisdom and we're going to sit here until we work this thing out. And that's the right thing to do. And there's going to be times in your life where you do fight it out with someone. I'm going to take you there in scripture right now. But you can't mistake the Lord's anointed. Now this one is hard to theologically understand. And I have to say this quickly. During the third year of King Joachim's reign in Judah, the King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon came to Jerusalem and besieged it. Now, there's a lot going on in that one word there, besieged it. What they're really saying is, we lit the city on fire, murdered most of the people, did terrible things to women, and made slaves out of the best of all the people and killed the rest. Terrible. And we jump off with four of the most elite men in Israel, in Judah, that are now living here in, uh, in Babylon. And the Lord gave him victory over king and of Judah, and he permitted him, per permitted him to take some of the sacred objects from the temple of God. So King Nebuchadnezzar took them back to the land of Babylonia. And he placed these godly treasures in the treasured house of his God. God allowed him to do that. That's what the scripture says. I like that a lot. And there's, I think, I'm thinking of situations in society where we're like, oh no, man, I ain't gonna let that happen. You can't stop things that God's allowing to happen. You have to understand the sovereignty of God. Okay. Then the king ordered this guy, whose name I can't say, his chief of staff to bring him to the palace of some of the young men of Judah's royal army and other noble families who had been brought to Babylon as captives. 
So he brought these young men to be with other slaves. Select only the strong, healthy, good-looking young men and make sure that they're well-versed in every branch of learning, gifted with knowledge and good judgment, and are suited to serve in the royal palace. Train these men in the language and literature of Babylon. Let me stop there. This is what's happening in our culture today. I can't speak for anything else, but when, when God is trying to wreak havoc in the church, here's what's happening. He's trying to take elite men of God and give them a new identity and teach them information from all over the world. And this is how he's going to do it. He wants to overload them with information about different cultures. Yeah, I know this is the way that you guys, you Israelites do it, but we want to learn about your culture, but we want to open your mind a little bit, teach you some better ways. And this is what Facebook is doing for us right now. It's showing us everyone's world at the same time. So rather than falling under the authority of, of the Lord, what we do is we look at the bigger picture and go, yeah, but is that really the best way? Look, all this information, we have the process. I mean, God's word is like so narrow-minded. So in verse 5, he says, Then the king assigned a daily ration of food and wine from his own kitchens, and they were trained for three years, and then they would enter the royal service. Daniel, Hananiah, and Mishael, and Azrael uh, were the four uh, of the young men chosen, all of the tribe of Judah. And the chief staff renamed these men names. And they were okay with that. They took the new names. They were willing to learn all the things. Uh, but what I, what I love is the other thing that the king chose to do was feed them from his own table. He made life cozy for him. Hey, guys, I know that we took everything that was good from you, but here's what I want you to know. Life is good now. Look at, I'm sorry. It's like the COVID, too. It's like the worst time. To, all right. And so, um, Jesus. <laughs> so uh, he wants them to be so comfortable. And so they eat whatever they want, as much as they want, just be comfortable and learn. So you drop your guard. It's like America. We can set the temperature to whatever we want. We can eat whatever we want, whenever we want. You don't even have to have the money for it for the most part. You just put it on someone else's credit card. It's crazy. We live in a crazy day and age where comfort is a tool of the enemy to get us to buy into your way. Is better. But what happens is, but Daniel was determined not to defile himself by eating the food and the wine given to him by the king. So he asked the chief of staff for permission to not eat these unacceptable foods. I just want to stop there for a second. What I love about Daniel, a man of God, he didn't bow up and be like, man, I ain't doing that. That's crazy. That's, that's ungodly. You know what? I'm, I'm going to do whatever. He honored the king recognize that he's now the one in charge and I'll do it his way. And hopefully if I'm kind enough about it, he'll meet me in the middle. I want you to understand that God may have placed people above you that you're way smarter than, way more talented than. If you let your character shine, God will exalt you. But oftentimes what we do is we look down on people above us. And we punish ourselves by, having, by stepping out of the covering that which God designed for us. 
Does this make sense? I'm going to close with this thought. Would you guys close the lights? And Deb, would you come and make it like real like sweet and intimate and like real special? <laughs> I'm going to tell you one of those stories that makes everyone cry. I'm just, I'm just kidding. Hey, uh, as we close the service, here's what I've learned. That the Lord has a way. This world has a way. And oftentimes, I have a way. But what I have learned, there's a verse in Proverbs that I think is super good for you to hear today. It's found in chapter 14, verse 12. It says, there is a, there is a path before each of us that seems right to man, but its end, it leads to death. And this can mean in a lot of things, man. This can mean in like the destruction of your marriage, in the termination of your job, because you're, you're going to lose joy when you look at the people above you as your enemy. But see, David had a wicked king, and he was able to worship God there, and God eventually is going to promote you. You just got to honor folks. Yeah, but what if things are ungodly and like terrible? And like I'm telling you, as I read history and moves of God, there is like what's happening in China right now, terrible, ungodly things, yet God's exploding. And it's like you don't have to rebel in order to just know that the sovereign Lord is working things out on a bigger scale than our own lives. Let's honor folks above us and allow God's blessing to roll out in your life. But there's a way that seems right to man and the end it leads to death. And here's what I know is that there is a God and I'm not him. And many times in my life, I've recognized that Jesus is, the Lord, is, is Savior, but I'm still in charge. And as long as I'm in charge, he's not the Lord of my life. And as long as he's not the Lord in my life, we're doing things my way. And my way is not God's way. I'm begging you to hear the Holy Spirit who is moving in this room right now in a very powerful way. Truth is coming to you in the same way it comes to me. And the Lord is just telling you, this is good for you right now. You're here right now and you'd say, you know what, man, I, I, I don't think I'm doing things in my life God's way. I found a truth somewhere in the middle. But it's either his way or it's not. It's not. There's not like a nine and a half. I either did what God said or I didn't. Would you all do me a favor? Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Jesus. Today, and you'd say, I, I want to do things God's way and not mine. With every head bowed, every eye closed, would you raise your hand right now? I surrender. We're going to sing a song over you before we close.
So, um, so what happened is um, somewhere along the line, maybe we heard it from our parents about a teacher or something like that, but we learned to protect ourselves. What happens is when you step out from under an authority is you feel like they're taking something from you and you need to defend yourself because you could do it better and we would get farther if they would just come down and listen to you. Well, the kinder you are to people, the more they're prone to listen. But what happens is, is we get this turmoil in ourselves and it, we lose peace because we get frustrated. We get angry and we start trying to control. You need to hear this. But if I die to myself and I carry the cross, the only burden I have is the love of God. It's the mission to serve those in above me, not to advance myself over them. We miss the mission sometimes. Hold on, I'm not done yet. Ah, man, come on, Lord, give it to me. people that we're supposed to be working with, we end up working against. And we end up fighting this process. So the people, our, our, our spouse becomes our enemy. They, our, our, our boss becomes our enemy because it, and all of this tension. See, Jesus said it this way. If someone comes to steal your jacket, I want you to give them your shirt. And all these things that you feel like are being taken from you, I want you to go the extra mile. There, there, no one can take from you what you're willingly to give. This is forgiveness. When you choose to forgive people that you think are being abusive to you, they can't steal your joy. They can't steal your peace. They can't, there's a greater mission that we have. It's not to execute a job. It's, it's to love and serve. Here within our church, there's some things, listen, as your authority figure, I need some of you to step under the authority and begin to trust me. We have so many holes in our church, and we could love to see some things filled. Man, we got a, a team back here that needs some more graders. We got some kids in the back that need to be hugged and loved. You just got to pass a background check. We, 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 well, there's some, we, we have an admin team that people that are really good at like spreadsheets and stuff like that. We need help. Some of you have been resisting authority for so long because you don't trust people. But God has instituted government. And you're not going to grow or find blessing until you step under it. So, Father, today we all join those that said that they, they want to surrender. And we, I pray for my dad that you would bless him. I pray for my future spouse or spouse or whomever. I, I pray that you would bless them. I trust your timing, God. Lord, I, I pray uh, for, for my teachers, for my managers, for those, for the police officers in this city. I, I'm praying, God, for the, those that are uh, stepping into office and governing officials. I bless them. I pray you'd give them wisdom. I pray that you would lead them. But Lord, I surrender myself and submit myself to you. You can have my life, and you can do with it whatever you want. Thank you, Jesus, that you died for me. Now I give you my life. And I thank you that you're giving me your Holy Spirit and I give you mine. Have your way in my life. And all God's people said, hey, if you prayed that prayer for the first time today or you know that you weren't right and there's some things that's going on, 
There are some powerful people. My wife, Amanda, would you wave at us? And Angela here, we have some gifts for you, but we really want to talk and pray with you because we want you to get that. We want to close the door on some things here this morning with you. So please come see me after service if God's doing something in your life. I love you. And uh, there is an authority that God has instituted from the Lord. It's out of our control, and it's good. So I want to make sure I drop you with this. In like 10 days from now, whatever goes down, it's good. Because God's on the throne. Father, we love you. We love what you're doing here in our church. I love what you're doing in our families. I love what you're doing in our lives. We trust you. And we will follow you 100% and not ourselves. And all God's people said, I love you guys. Peace out.